We can buy new tires and get better traction. We can buy better foot pegs and get more control. A great helmet, jacket, pants, all those things that improve our ride and make us feel better. All these things can be purchased with our hard-earned money. But no matter how much money you have, no matter who you know, no matter what your influence is, or, or even how you embrace today's incredible technology, there's still a few things that you have to do on your own, that you cannot pay someone for, even if you could find somebody to do it, even if you had the money to do it. And one of those is physical fitness. And I think for the most part, physical fitness is, is often somewhat disconnected from riding, at least in, in thought process. Yet the fact is, the more physically fit you are, the better you will ride, the better rider you will become. And it could even peel back a few years if you're one of those people that are feeling the effects of aging. Bill Dragoo is pushing 68 years old this year, and not long ago, he noticed that he was slipping. His physical fitness was slipping, and he thought, well, maybe that's just the time in life, you know, where you've got to got to rein it in a little bit and just accept the fact that he's not going to be able to do some of the things that he was able to do maybe just a, a couple of years ago. About the time Bill was thinking this, he was riding his motorcycle up a steep hill with a group instructing riding, and a rock caught his toe. What followed was far more than he counted on, but it came with a wake-up call, a good one. He's going to share that with us today. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. I'm Sam Manick. Ted Simon. Austin Vince. Simon Pavey. Bill Bragoon. Paddy Capetus. Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Graham Jarvis. Quentin Smoke. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. It's wind pressure that powers the MotoBreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear, greenchiliadv.com. Best Rest Products is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Googletech filters, cyclepump.com. Bill Dragoo, Norman, Oklahoma. I have Dragoo Adventure Rider Training. We teach people to ride big motorcycles in bad places. Bill, welcome back. Thanks, Jim. It's good to be on again. So you've just went through a a period of sort of getting fit again. Yeah. Um, I set myself as my latest project. Uh, not that I didn't have too many other projects, <laughs> but this one was getting kind of urgent. Well, well, let's go back to sort of how the whole thing started. What level were you at as far as fitness goes and, and sort of what was the, the wake up call for you? Well, you know, it's interesting with our, our motorcycle training. One of the things that we talk about is that fitness or fatigue, as it were, is one of the greater, greatest limiting factors to our ability to learn in a class setting. So a class setting for us is very active outside and all. 
And we also discuss with our students that the higher your skill level, the less effort is required for you to do what you do. So I had reached a point where I was, it was very easy for me to do these classes. I, even a lot of the demonstrations, I've got uh, instructors and scouts who do a lot of the demonstrations. I could still do the demos fine, uh, but I really am trying to bring them along and to, to help them improve their game. So for me, it was the only fitness required was being able to talk and to stand on my feet all day for you know several days straight. And I was tired at the end of the day, getting more and more tired doing that. So even though I wasn't really using a lot of fitness, uh, I what I had, there was no reserve or very little reserve. And you know, I'm, I'm pushing 68. I'll be 68 in September. That's not old, but it's still, it's the oldest I've ever been. So it, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I started, I started kind of feeling the effects of my age and, uh, my weight was actually dropping. I was eating average amounts, not a lot, not, not, a, a not skimping. And, uh, yeah. And of course it was muscle loss. So I saw the signs of a decline. And what did you attribute that to? Just age? Well, age, because we lose uh, a percentage of our muscle, you know, every year of life. Um, After 40, we, it's, it's kind of depressing, isn't it? Somewhere, yeah, somewhere around 40, yeah. we start losing it. Exactly. And to lack of being deliberate. When we're younger, we have a natural reserve. We can do things or not do things and then step up and, and do things again uh, because we have just enough reserve in our bodies. And so with age, I began to lack that. And then pain, uh, pain uh, began to limit my desire to work out or to be real active too. It starts when I get up and out of bed in the morning. I'm sure a few folks who are listening can maybe relate to that. Like from injuries, you mean, or something like that, that kind of joint pain? Well, yeah. I mean, partially from injuries. It's, uh, I wasn't a football player, but I was a motocross racer, and I've certainly been slammed around a bit. And then just from the types of work that I've done, a lot of it has, has created issues over time. I, I've been really fortunate. I don't have a high degree of arthritis. Uh, in fact, I was at my favorite surgeon yesterday, uh, Dr. Gary Anderson, looked at both of my knees. I injured one a little bit here a month or so ago. And uh, he said, Bill, the knee you injured looks like a 30-year-old knee. The other one, you're starting to get just the beginning signs of arthritis where I had a, a severe knee injury back in 2017. So it's not that I have that kind of degradation going on, but just from from strains and sprains and, and again, age, uh, things would hurt. Um, you know, when you and I were talking in the, the before the, we actually started this discussion today, I uh, talked about how if I would fold an arm all the way, uh, like my fist up against my shoulder or extend an arm all the way, then I would have sharp pain in, in my elbow. Both elbows would do this. So that caused me not to want to do curls and to do other workout routines. Uh, other parts of my body had similar, uh, similar pain in it. And you don't want to just medicate everything, but because of time and because of this gradual decay of my uh, willingness and my activity level, um, fitness began to just sort of evaporate and the pain began to creep in and replace it, which it's a downward spiral. You don't want to mm -hmm. do it anymore. 
and, and you sort of attributed this just to age and figure there's, there's not much you can do about it. I, I had begun to feel that way to a great degree. And this is intention against my desire to live life. My wife is very active. Um, she hiked rim to rim on the Grand Canyon just back October 10th on her 65th birthday. And, you know, I'd love to do more things like that with her. And I, she and I both were kind of getting to that point where, well, maybe just Bill is not going to be doing some of these things. And my boys, I think, were, were starting to, to almost circle overhead, thinking, ah, it's time, to, <laughs> it's time to take over for Bill right. here, you know, for Dad. He's, uh, yeah, and uh, that's a bad feeling when you start actually seeing some reality to that. And I just felt like I was too young to let that happen. Right. So what did you do? Well, uh, began July 21st of last year, uh, broke my leg. <clears throat> That's not something I recommend as a beginning to a fitness routine, but it, it took a level I was at and it dropped it suddenly significantly. So where I had already lost a fair bit of weight from uh, inactivity and from muscle loss uh, due to aging, then I, I began to decline even further. That, that left leg uh, split the tibia. Um, it began to atrophy even more than the right one. Uh, and so I thought, okay, this is it. When this leg even somewhat healed up, I'm getting back to the gym. I'm going to re-engage in a more active lifestyle and do something about this. And life in general was, was also in the way. I have a lot of activities, a lot of things going on that don't require a lot of physical fitness, but that just require my time and attention. So it's easy to be distracted. It's easy to ignore where we are with our fitness. And it doesn't matter much until we begin to challenge it. And as adventure riders... We put ourselves in positions where we can be tested very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I started a routine and started making changes. You broke your leg riding the bike, didn't you? Yes. Uh, I, um, you know, sometimes we just get so down, we want to kick rocks. Well, I wasn't <laughs> down wanting to kick rocks, but I um, wedged my left toe against a, a hidden boulder off in the brush uh, in South Dakota, I was on an immersion tour, a training tour up there uh, with my friends with Hisega Adventure Lodge, leading a, leading a ride, going up a hill. The uh, toe caught this rock and just suddenly sent this excruciating pain up my leg. And uh, I, I was almost afraid that it was gone it was so bad. And it actually drove my toe straight back. It didn't spin it, fortunately, so it wasn't a spiral fracture, but it drove the... Uh, foot, the lever that, uh, that lowers the center stand on a, a BMW 1250GS, uh, it drove that in through the back of my boot, punched a hole in it, uh, CD Adventure boots, which are a medium grade boot as far as protection. They're comfortable, they're flexible, they allow a lot of dexterity, they give you reasonably good protection in, under normal circumstances. This was not a normal circumstance. So yeah, that, that, uh, Lever came against my the bone on uh, just above the talus on my left left ankle, and pressed it forward, split that tibia. So yeah, that's disgusting, and I think that's exactly what I said last time you told me about it when I asked you about it. But uh, yeah, that's horrible. And the thing is, 
as we get older, that injury, the like uh, an injury like that, actually any sort of injury just seems to drag. It takes longer to heal. I think everybody understands that. It takes longer to heal as you get older. So that could have really sent you in a downward spiral. That that could have been <laughs> sort of the end of the build we know. Yeah, it really could have. Uh, you know, there, there's a moment there when you're in screaming pain, you're still riding the motorcycle. I didn't fall, fortunately, and was working my way up this uh, scrappy little, little uh, section of trail before I stopped to lick my wounds. And during that time, as I'm riding up, I'm thinking, uh, I, I'm selling this sucker. I'm not kidding. I never want to be, I don't want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. And so you run. I'm, it's, I, I guess it's not different than a woman in childbirth that swears she'll never, never uh, right. <laughs> touch her husband again, <laughs> never have, have that happen again. Yeah. But then that memory begins to fade and the joy and the things that you, that you do enjoy about riding motorcycles creeps back in and becomes a longing again. And so that, uh, that started a transition for me as well. What made you think though, that you just by going and working out, I mean, you've already sort of resigned yourself in a way to the fact that you're getting older and you know, you're going to be limited by these little injuries that you have and things like that. And your lack of physical fitness, what made you all of a sudden think just because you broke your leg that you're going to be able to exercise and get back in shape? Well, I think that was the, the straw that, uh, broke the camel's back as they say. Um, I, I knew I would have to rehabilitate the leg. And my doctor, who knows me quite well, my orthopedic surgeon, um, he suggested, you know, I can prescribe physical therapy for you, but Bill, you know what to do. You can take care of this. And that little bit of encouragement from him was really a lift. Uh, I took that part and thought, yeah, he's right. I can. And I'm not going to just stop with rehabbing this leg. I'm, I'm going to rehab me. Mm. So I want to ask you about limitations though, because you, you said that like just sort of back before you broke your leg, you said that you, you know, you, you felt the stuff coming on. Did it have, did it limit your riding ability? Did, were there things that you found that you sort of were avoiding or not doing or, or having trouble with? Yeah. Um, well, for one, lifting my motorcycle. I mean, these are heavy motorcycles and I've always been able to lift my motorcycle under most circumstances uh, without too much effort. I mean, I was, you know, I'm not a big guy, but I was a stout little guy growing up and kind of kept that residual for a long time. And I began to notice that it was it was getting harder to pick it up. And also just um, planting, you know, planting a leg or maneuvering the motorcycle, pulling it backwards, uh, you, know, you get off in the brush or on a on a you know maybe around that you've got to back the bike up a little or something. Uh, it just was getting more and more challenging to maneuver that motorcycle. I began to relate to people who said, "Hey, I'm going to get a smaller, lighter motorcycle because this is just more than I can handle." And I thought, "Man, is that where I'm going with this? And do I have to, or is there an alternative?" Yeah, you do hear that a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot of other reasons, I guess, for it too. But um, certainly picking up the bike, that's something I think everybody starts to feel as they age. I, I want to, I'm going to give a spoiler alert here because I want to jump to the end for a second. I, I want to ask you a question about a couple of questions, actually. Did you eventually get fit? Like, do you feel fitter now? Oh, incredibly so compared to what I was. Okay. And how long did it take you to get your fitness level up to a decent state? where you were satisfied? So fitness for me has been a, a part of my lifestyle for various reasons.
We're going to take just a quick break. I've got a couple things I want to tell you about. Stay with us. We've got a lot more coming up. You visit a podiatrist for your feet, a chiropractor for your back, a cardiologist for your heart, because they specialize in one area, and that's where the expertise is. And when it comes to motorcycle camping gear, well, you visit motocampnerd.com. Because Moto Camp Nerd specializes in motorcycle camping gear. That's it. They are a real brick-and-mortar store. They live and breathe motorcycle camping gear. In fact, Ben and Mary Williams, the founders of Moto Camp Nerd, are serious motorcycle campers themselves. And they say that everything they've chosen to stock for the store is chosen for its size and durability, specifically for motorcycle camping. And they stock a ton of stuff. I mean, brand names like Big Agnes, Garmin, Cedar Summit, Nemo, and just many, many more. If you have any questions, they're happy to help you out. Just contact them. The store is located in Archdale, North Carolina, a real brick and mortar store you can walk into. But they also have a full online ordering system and their website, motocampnerd.com, is available 24 hours a day, of course. Pack small, camp easy is what they say, motocampnerd.com. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, motocampnerd.com. Go light, go fast, go far with Giant Loop. Inspired by years of personal riding experience and feedback gathered from riders across the globe, Giant Loop designs products for travel, discovery, and exploration. And they believe that lighter and simpler is better, that how we ride should not be dictated by what's strapped to our motorcycles. Riding is just plain more fun when unnecessary weight and bulk are removed. And who can argue with that? Giant Loop eliminates elements focusing on what's needed to serve the product's mission. So no extra straps and buckles, no everything in the kitchen sink designs. Instead, each product is purpose-built to enhance the riding experience for those who want a modular and customizable packing system that's durable, stable, intuitive, and lightweight. They also make liquid reservoir bags to carry on your motorcycle. The Armadillo bags are for storing liquid hydrocarbon products and other power sports and automotive fluids. And the Cactus Canteen is for water. I love these bags. Now, if you ever have the need for a little more and don't want the bulk and hassle of carrying bottles with you, have a look at these. Giantloopmoto.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Giantloopmoto.com. Whether you ride hard and fast on tight rocky trails or prefer riding fire roads or just cruising down the highway, riding on quality, well-designed foot pegs quite simply changes the ride. And nothing feels better than that feeling of connection and leverage and confidence you get from serious foot pegs. IMS Products makes those foot pegs, serious pegs that are designed by experts that are themselves riders. The difference is from the 17.4 cast certified stainless steel that they use, the staggered tooth design that they keep your feet in one spot, a solid purchase without tearing your boots apart, the watershed design on the back of the pegs, it makes it almost impossible for mud or debris to cake into them and plug them up. These are the things that IMS Products builds into every foot peg they make. They have a full line of adventure motorcycle foot pegs. Their website, imsproducts.com. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. imsproducts.com. 
Oh, incredibly so compared to what I was. Okay. And how long did it take you to get your fitness level up to a decent state where, where you were satisfied? So fitness for me has been a, a part of my lifestyle for various phases. As a young man racing motocross, I was fit because I rode myself into fitness all the time. And then I took weightlifting classes and things in, in school. Uh, whenever I was at going to University of Oklahoma, I was uh, I took swimming. A swimming course was was one semester, so you know it was certainly a, a, a high degree of fitness with the swimming. When I began to race mountain bikes later in life, then uh, I would do a number of things to get fit. So I had a datum. I had a point of reference, knowing what fitness felt like and know what it felt like to, to not be fit and to be fit again. And so I would go up and down this scale. So whenever I felt the decline, I, I sort of knew what needed to be done and, and how to approach it. I don't know if I've answered your question there, Jim, or if I got a little sidetracked. No, no, you've, you've sort of given us a, a bit of a preamble to the answer. So, Oh, did, how long? Yeah. So uh, what I learned through these undulations before, and this wasn't just me and, and making this up or you know drawing my own conclusions from my own experience, but I remember reading in uh, more than one, one place that it takes about 90 days to establish the fitness base from which you can begin to improve. And so what days, happens to sorry, us- Let me just ask, 90 days, yeah, three months- a, Roughly three months. Okay. Uh, and, and so what happens in that three-month period is we see steep gains and plateaus, and occasionally we will see a little bit of decline, especially from overwork. But if we consider that we can't do this all at once and realize that it is a process that will take some time, then getting through that stage of soreness and getting a routine down for fitness, uh, not just the, uh, the mechanics of which weights I lift or how much I run or uh, do a stair climber or a bicycle or whatever it might be, but a, a mental routine of beginning to need fitness, to need that time in that physical activity. It, after about three months of doing it, then you can start setting goals of, okay, now I want to be able to lift this much or I want to be able to run this fast or this far, uh, whatever it might be. But you need to establish a fitness base first. And you get benefits, certainly, within the first few days or week or so, once you get past the initial soreness, you start showing significant benefits from fitness routine. But really, after about 90 days, you're there. It's a habit, and you can set some pretty lofty goals. So the 90 days, it gets you to fitness or, or is it getting you to habit or both? Both. It's okay. a get, get fit to get fit. Right. But you mentioned that you've already always sort of done this in life. So you have, you've learned this routine. Do you think this is the type of thing that will work for anybody? Do you think it, that anybody can, can do this and in 90 days have this much of a difference? The only difference in someone who has had a lifestyle of, going in and out of fitness and someone who just never has attended to their fitness is that they kind of have that, that little bit of a secret knowledge, but physically, physiologically, they're the same. An unfit person is an unfit person. 
uh, I had become an unfit person. So I just had an inkling of, yeah, but I can do better. Mm. And, you know, self-motivating, that's one of the hardest things to do. And if a person gets a trainer, that's a great thing. But I did an article recently on fitness uh, in, in, I believe it was in Ride Texas Magazine, and I call them dark tips. And I talk about goal setting. You know, if we, if we want to get fit, one of the best things to do is to plan something that is going to require some fitness. So uh, for my wife, she'll plan her rim-to-rim Grand Canyon trip or whatever it might be, a, a run, whether it's a half marathon, a marathon, or whatever. She'll plan that, and then she begins to work up to that. For me, then the goal might be that, hey, I'm going to be going on a, on a tour in Baja, and I'll be picking up motorcycles and, and, you know, out kind of in the wilds and in places where I'm going to need a, a level of fitness. So I need to get fit. I need to start getting fit uh, weeks or even months before. Someone who is um, just getting into adventure riding that has had a either relatively sedentary job, a sedentary lifestyle, or may just want to raise their level so that they can do some really challenging stuff or more challenging than they're, they're familiar with. Um, so set that goal, decide, okay, I'm going to ride the Colorado backcountry discovery route. And I don't want to do it and just barely get through. I want to thrive. And if something goes wrong, I want to have the reserve to be able to, to uh, project myself in whatever way that I'm needed. So those are goals that we can set, we can aspire to, and then set, and then work towards. Motivation is always a tough one, isn't it? For everyone, for this sort of thing. Because, sure. because when I think of physical fitness, or when I think of getting fit, it hurts. You know, it, it, it hurts. It takes a lot of time. I, I can't, you know, somebody mentioned to me not long ago, if there was a pill they could buy to be physically fit, they would absolutely buy it. They, they guarantee they buy it, you know. Um, it's a... It's a difficult thing that motivation, and and I'm not sure as somebody who just says you know they're going to do they're going to do a trip or is is going to be enough to motivate them. I mean, I think it's a that's a really difficult thing, a difficult part of getting fit. Well, it's different for everyone. It it, it is difficult, and at least to to a degree for all of us. If we haven't been doing it and we want to start doing it, there is a level of difficulty because it takes quite a bit of effort. And there's a lot we can get in life that takes less effort, but there's very little in life that will reward us more for the effort that we do put into it. One of the ways that I like to look at that as far motivating us for fitness, you know, uh, again, the analogy of, of going on a, on a trip, a, a dual sport or off-road uh, oriented trip, we're going to carry spare tools with us. We're going to carry enough fuel, maybe even a spare uh, rotopax or something attached to our bike so that we have some extra uh, for ourselves. Maybe we're going to carry a tube on our motorcycle, even though we have tubeless tires, so that if we rip a rim, we can or rip a tire, um, we can uh, put a tube in it and continue to go on. Why not? We carry a toe strap. We carry a, a jump start box. So why not? carry an extra bit of fitness with us as well. So that whenever people are struggling, they're, they're having trouble getting through sand or getting through water, rather than just sitting in the shade and letting them figure it out, we can be that extra bit that they need because of our fitness. That's It becomes like a tool. It becomes like an extra inner tube or whatever uh, that can help out. If we look at it that way, we approach it that way, then 
we might need to stay motivated enough to start seeing the benefits. And once you start seeing the benefits, feeling and seeing the benefits, you see it in the mirror, your wife comments and compliments you, um, you can walk farther, you can jump higher, run faster, leap mm -hmm. tall buildings with a single bound. These things begin to happen, then it starts to take on a life of its own. What, what about the injuries? You, you talked about those, the injuries, for instance, your elbow, elbow issue that you had. Do those injuries or have your injuries, those little things that limit us all, I think most of us who, who have had an active life end up having things that as we get older, it starts to limit brains and range of motion, things like that. Do you find that they've gone away or, or have they, how much have they gone away? Many have gone away entirely. Some have just, I've learned to work with them, work around it. One of the things that, that is a myth, and that is that I can just run through this injury or work through this injury, you know, if you've got a, a sore uh, tennis elbow type, you know, tendonitis or whatever, and you try to just keep working out through the inflammation, you're just going to make it worse. So what you have to do is learn to work around it. And working with a trainer is certainly something that's helpful. Now, I have not worked with a trainer myself in a long time, but I've worked with them in the past, and I have friends who are trainers. So I understand the concepts. I understand what they do and how to, to work around these injuries. So you you try to strengthen the areas that are are easily workable. And that provides some motivation. You know, for example, if it's doing a leg press, okay? So I've always had pretty strong legs for a small guy. So, you know, I may be going up more and more and more on the weights. And some of the machines, several of the machines, I can press all the weight, multiple reps. Now, I might not bend my knees to my chin doing it, but I can do a lot of reps with some fairly high weights. Even though my knees are marginal, or bent all the way, when they're partially extended, there's a lot there. So that motivates me to do really well. On a shoulder lift, there might be a hitch in a shoulder. Don't do that. Don't work that that way. Work within the range that it doesn't hurt. And as that gets stronger, maybe you will increase your range. Maybe through stretches and other things, you'll increase your range. You're not going to get worse if you don't do something stupid. I mean, if you start trying to push through those injuries and increase inflammation, yeah, you're going to limit yourself but work around them and then work on the range of motion. Do you think that you're, you're limited by your age? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For example, heart rate, you know, I, I do, most of my cardio is now done on the bicycle and on the stair climber. Now, listen, all of this gym stuff that I'm talking about is aside from riding the motorcycle. Uh, I should be riding more. My sons ride a lot and they stay really, really fit. In particular, my oldest son, Jake, um, he doesn't have the, the time to work on the training as much, but Jake just rides a lot, almost every day off, and he stays exceptionally fit because he rides a lot. So the best form of fitness, yes, is probably riding our motorcycle, but to have holistic fitness, to a lot of core strength and the cardio and everything that we want to kind of wrap ourselves in this fit body, we also need to augment it with gym training or, or running or rowing or whatever, canoeing, you know, uh, whatever it might be. So when I look at my heart rate now versus what it was, oh gosh, back when I was using bicycles, for example, I could run in the 150s, 160s, and still be in an aerobic state. So that high heart rate if I try to push it now, like I used to back in, in the old days, then I'm going to build that lactic acid. 
So where I was able to run in the 140s, 150s, and even up into the 160s, I can now run into the 130s, and I begin to get anaerobic. And it's purely an age-related issue. Mm. You can't get around it. I mean, that's just, that's life. So there's there's certainly limitations, but what, what sort of difference does it make for you now riding at the level of fitness you're at now to before you broke your leg? Well, one of the places that it shows up the most is sand. And sand riding requires a lot of energy and it requires a, a lot of strength, like sand trails where you've got just really deep sand winding through the woods. You can't just let the motorcycle go anywhere it wants. You have to make it go where you want it to go. Then that requires more strength, more wind, more energy. Um, I can do that so much better now than I was before that. I would tend to want to back off some of those sand rides, especially sand trail rides, because it just would tax me. But uh, I have much more reserve now for doing that. Uh, you mentioned motorcycle fit, and I want to ask about that, about, you know, because we often talk about that. And there's a certain amount of it that um, would be only something you can gain from riding the bike. But you do need that base level as well. I mean, I mean, guess what I'm saying here is that you couldn't just jump on the bike and ride it day after day and expect that's going to bring your fitness level up. Because I, I think what you'll get with that is you will get fit for your standing riding position, but probably you'll notice it when you have to pick up your bike for sure. Well, yeah, and that, that's, that's a really good point, kind of what I alluded to, that you, you will be good at certain motions, certain activities, if all you do is ride the bike, but you, don't, you haven't wrapped yourself in a holistic fitness uh, uh, profile for your body. Mm -hmm. Whereas doing gym training, canoeing, whatever else it might be, is going to broaden your scope of fitness. So 90 days, that's all we need. Gets us on track. 90 days will do a lot for you. If you will start in, in, with that 90-day routine, after the 90 days, you're, not, you're probably not going to want to stop. Things that cause you to stop are distractions, uh, lifestyle, um, issues at home, issues at work can take us off of our feed, so to speak, of, uh, of working out. Um, illness is, is a big one. It's, you know, so many times I have broken my fitness routine because I got a cold or uh, something like that. So I was down for several days and it got me out of the habit of going to the gym and I might have begun to fill that time with something else that maybe was less uh, beneficial to me but it might have been still attractive. And it's very difficult to, to break away from that. So we just, it takes discipline. And discipline is not a thing that we, we want to apply uh, a lot of times to our lives. <laughs> That's true. That is, is very difficult. One last question I have for you. Do you think you could have achieved this level of fitness without going to the gym? Simple answer, no. No. Uh, well, oh, I say no. I, without doing something deliberate, yes, I could have lifted tires out in my yard and pushed my motorcycle around, which I've done in training for the GS Trophy. Uh, one of the large goals that I had set some years ago, uh, I was literally pushing the motorcycle around and around in the yard, set, laying it on its side, picking it up, laying it on the other side, picking it up uh, multiple times and running bleachers at the, the stadium out at uh, Oklahoma University. Um, you know, I would go, I would run in the sand there. It doesn't have to be in a, a brick and mortar gym. So I need that routine though. For me, it makes it easy. I can be at the gym in about three minutes from my house mm -hmm. and get my workout done in an hour to an hour and a half. And I'm good for the day. You know, I'm good to go. I don't miss a day. 
unless there's something that just absolutely tears me away from it. So I, I have a seven day routine right now. With the experience that you've had breaking your leg, going from what you consider to be unfit to now fit, what would your recommendation be? What would your, your final words for somebody? Give yourself a chance. It's one of the greatest rewards that you can give yourself, one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself and your, your partner in life uh, to present a, a healthy, fit uh, human being to that, to yourself, to your partner. It, uh, we all love to be with people who project health. And you hold yourself better. You know, I, I, I have a little bit of a stooped disposition and when I work out more, I tend to hold myself taller and more square. Um, you know, it's, it, it will start as a deliberate thing, and then it becomes uh, almost like someone who has been in the military, and they're trained, and you see them walk, and you're just like, okay, that person's been in the military. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, there are just so many benefits to it. Uh, reward yourself with it and uh, give yourself a chance. Give it the 90 days and don't try for a week and say, oh, this hurts too much because it will. It'll, it'll hurt. <laughs> There's plenty to be discouraged about. But but you get over the pain and move on. You do. And also as we get older, Jim, it's that no pain, no gain approach is probably not the best approach. We can enjoy our fitness routine on a more gradual level. We're not we don't have a, an objective. We have to be completely fit by next week. We can take all the time that we need. As long as we're moving forward, we'll get there. Bill, thanks so much. Well, thank you, Jim. Enjoyed the discussion. I was speaking with Bill Dragoo from his training center at DART, that is Dragoo Adventure Rider Training. His website is BillDragoo.com. We've got, of course, a, a link to his website in our show notes, as well as some photographs from Bill. That's all at our website, AdventureRiderRadio.com. Hey, I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer Elizabeth Martin and you. Thank you very much for being a part of this by listening. Hey, if you've got an idea for a show, something you'd like to hear, someone you'd like to hear, drop us a line. Just go to AdventureRiderRadio.com and then click on the contact button and you can send us your thoughts. Anyway, time to get out there and ride your bike if you can. Hey, if you haven't done it already, we would love to get a five-star review from you wherever you're finding your podcast. As well, this show is built on a model of advertising and listener support. We'd really, really appreciate it if you just at least drop by the website, adventureriderradio.com, and click on support and have a look what we have there. Anyway, my name is Jim Martin. Thank you very much once again for listening. I'll talk to you next week.
Hi, this is Charlie Borman, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. <laughs> <laughs> 